Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. Two geeks. <laughs> What's that? It's He-Man. Is it? Yeah. All right. I'm Morgan, host of this episode and cult TV film and games obsessive. This is Tom, my fellow geek. Hello. Am I meant to do an American accent for this? No, or? you're fine. Okay, fine. Hello. By the power of nerddom, we have a podcast. Ooh. Did I just blow out the... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We're Sorry on. about that. <laughs> Yes, welcome to episode 112 of Two Geeks, Two Beers, the most powerful podcast in the universe. If you've not yet picked up by the subtle hints I've been dropping, this episode we're taking a trip to a magical place where everything seemed colourful and exciting, the 1980s, (laughs) as we tackle He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Tom, any level of familiarity with this whatsoever? Um, well... (laughs) It's weird because obviously he, I know He Man yeah. a lot, and yeah. you're on good you're on good terms. I'm sure I watched it as a kid, yeah. but I just have no legacy in my brain, yeah, whatsoever, apart from oh yeah, a harrowing story. Oh, okay, did I tell you? I must no, I don't think so. When I was a kid, yeah, um, I went to the beach with my family, yeah, and I was probably about I don't know five six years old, and I had um my cherished toy at the time was a He Man action figure. Well, okay. And um, went to the beach and we're at the shore. Yeah. Put He-Man down. Yeah. Uh, Got distracted. Yeah. Looked back. Swept away. No. And... Ah, devastating. I couldn't figure out what had happened. Yeah. And I feel like it was the first time I'd experienced loss. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't... I didn't know what... I I didn't understand what had happened. Oh, I didn't... So this is going to be... Yeah. Dragging up some real dark yeah. memories. I didn't so, realize. I apologize. Yeah. So I had, a, yeah, I loved it. I loved He Man for that reason. <laughs> and he just disappeared in, in yeah, forever. Uh. And yeah, I, I just, it's funny how you, I just remember that yeah. vividly. You would. Yeah. Traumatic. That feeling. My God. But that's, that's kind of it. That's my memory of He Man. Utter loss and despair. So thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. No. So, so. Yeah. Let's push on. Yeah. Let's push on. Um, it's, it was worth noting at this point. Um, Tom and I, as is tradition, yeah, I've had a couple of beers yeah. before we, before we start recording. And when we kicked off this podcast a good a good six years ago, both in, both still in our twenties, um, the beers were more about creating a kind of yeah. kind, kind of a kind of atmos a vibe. Yeah, we, yeah, we want we want the podcast to feel like you know you're at the pub with friends chatting about f- films and, and TV shows and games. We've realised increasingly mm. it's purely fuel. Just, just, yeah. just to keep us going because we are really old and tired now. Yeah. Really old and tired. We need, we, like, it's actually become necessary <laughs> rather than just a nice bonus to drink the beers. Yeah. Just to, just to, just to keep our energy levels up. Because yeah, we always go for a pint at least one. We had two today. Yeah. Uh, before the podcast, um, and we got there, and I was like, I, I, I'm worried about dead on my feet. I'm so tired. Yeah. We, we've had a whole day of work. This isn't a Saturday or something. We've had a whole day of work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, just. Yeah. But, but having a couple of Guinea has uh, sorted me out. Yeah, so, so, yeah. yeah. So, so stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
Coming up, uh, we'll bust a famous He-Man myth. We'll discuss how the series changed the face of children's TV forever. And we'll reveal which He-Man star once shared the screen with a host of the Two Geeks Two Beers podcast. What? What? Crazy. That's coming up. I'm very intrigued by that. Do you not know this story? I think so. Oh, ge- oh okay. Ge- so you ge- I, I thought it was fake intrigue. You're genuinely intrigued. All right. Uh, so He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, often referred to as simply He-Man, um, was one of the most popular animated shows of the 1980s. Indeed, one of our listeners, David Petsche, he got in touch uh, to share his memories. David says, I was probably a bit too old to be watching He-Man in 1983, but I remember making sure I was home in time from school. My only excuse is that we only had four channels in those days and there was probably nothing on BBC One. <laughs> also, I think this was before we had a VCR. <laughs> I do remember really enjoying the program. I love the title music and the transformation from Adam to He-Man. Uh, David also sent over some suggestions for future episode topics, which you can also do via email, podcast at twogeeks2beers.com. Uh, David also says, I don't really have any interest in gaming, but I have enjoyed <laughs> listening to all your podcasts. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, he, he also says, I'm a bit of a real ale snob. Hence the negative comment about John Smith's bitter in a tweet. So your, your drinking habits are annoying him. I know. We've already, we've, we've, we've already let him down. We've had the backlash. Yeah, sorry. Dude. The backlash has begun. We didn't think we had enough listeners to have a backlash, but yeah. it turns out. Is Guinness okay? Dave, uh, David, let us know. Yeah. How do you feel about Guinness? Okay. Uh, more reader contributions to come. Okay. So He-Man was part of the Masters of the Universe franchise, which launched in 1981 with the debut of a toy line and was in development stages originally known as Prince Atom, which later became Prince Adam, which was He-Man's alter ego. Is that just because that's how Americans say Atom? <laughs> Adam. Adam. Yeah. You know what? I have n- literally no evidence which to base it. I think I'm going to decide that is what yeah. happened. Yeah. That is what happened. <laughs> Prince Adam. Um, Adam? Yes. Adam? Yeah. No, no, Adam. That's why I said Atom. Atom, Adam. What? Uh, so the toys, the toys sold well. They were a huge seller. Um, according to toy company Mattel, almost 70% of American homes with boys aged 4 to 10 owned a He-Man toy at the peak of the franchise's popularity in the 1980s. 70%. That is, that is high. Mm. 7 out of 10, Tom. That is good. Um, it's long been said, now, that the original He-Man toys were remodeled Conan the Barbarian toys. So they got uh-huh. they got some Conan toys. My brother told me this, and he told me it with like absolute confidence when we were younger. And he was like, you know, He-Man toy. It's the same thing. It's just a Conan toy. Yeah. They just they just paint him blonde. And I was like, well, he's older. He must be he must be smart. He, he knows stuff. He knows something. Yeah. Wrong. Oh. Ollie, if you're listening, just wrong. Oh, um he's a liar. <laughs> a liar. Not 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 a liar, just ignorant and wrong. <laughs> it's fine, he doesn't listen. Um <laughs> But, so it is true that Mattel had a licensing agreement with Conan Properties International, or CPI. Okay. We need a whole business to, like, deal with, like, Conan Conan stuff. memorabilia. Yeah. Um, So Mattel had a licensing agreement with Conan Properties International to make Conan toys. Mattel then backed out. And then when He-Man came out, CPI, as they were known, then sued Mattel for copyright infringement, being like, "We, we see what's going on here. You've created a very Conan-like toy just after backing out of our Conan deal. I guess, but it's just another ripped bloke. (laughs) Yeah, well, the case went to court. Oh, bloody hell. Mattel won as they were able to prove that they had actually been developing the He-Man concept before they had made the original deal with Mattel. Get over it. You're like, yeah, it's just a ripped dude. Calm down. Um, So, the idea that the original He-Man toys were Conan toys given a quick paint job is a myth. There you go, myth busted. Okay. Uh, I hope we now don't get 
sued for saying myth. I think you can just you can say Mythbusters, yeah. right? I think that's okay. Myth, but the Mythbusters, Mythbusters guys. <laughs> I can't even say it. They're like, they're like, let's take pity on him. He can't even say Mythbusters. Nah, yeah. um, what he's talking about? The toy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. The toys were in fact created, the He-Man toys, uh, to rival the popularity of Star Wars toys in the late seventies and eighties. So, in the race to design the next popular action figure, Roger Sweet, who was a lead designer for Mattel, realized that simplicity was the key to success. So he created three prototypes, a soldier figure, a spaceman, and a barbarian character. And he came up with a generic character named He-Man, which could be applied to all three, because it's just like, oh. just a bloke. So that would work for a soldier, or a spaceman, okay. or this sort of like Conan, but not, definitely not, but sort <laughs> of figure. Uh, and the barbarian version of the character was chosen and developed into the character's current form. Uh, the early toys were then accompanied by a series of mini-comics available as of 2015 to buy in a hardback collector's edition book. Uh, and this was soon followed by a number of children's books and DC Comics series. Uh, the DC Comics, published in 1982, fleshed out the backstory invented for the toys, including for the first time secret identities for He-Man and his pet-slash-ally, Battle Cat, and it introduced He-Man's parents for the first time, King Randor and Queen Marlena. I had no idea it was DC. DC. So could he be in the DCEU, whatever it's called nowadays? Yeah, theor- theoretically. Why hasn't that not happened yet? Because the whole thing's a clusterfuck and no one yeah, knows what to do. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Has He-Man had a thing? I mean, you'll get onto it, I'm James, sure. But James, James Gunn, if yeah. you're listening. Yeah. Get He-Man in at the ground level. That should be part of your... Yeah. That should be phase one. Yeah. Get He-Man in. It's a known property. Make an effort. <laughs> so... <laughs> Speaking about it being a known property, the franchise, you know, they, they had they had the toys, they had the comics, yep. they had uh, some children's books, but the franchise would become best known through the groundbreaking animated series adaptation, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, the series consisted of two seasons of 65 episodes each. They really went to town wow, in those days. Wow, they loved doing that, that back then, didn't yeah, they? Just yeah, just crank it out. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, guys, uh, we got a new season. Oh, yeah. Um... Uh, you know, normally a show has about yeah. 20 episodes a Max. season. Yeah. So we thought, what well, we do. Yeah. 65 episodes per okay. season. Okay. I'm not going to see my wife no. this month. Because we need you to fucking animate this thing. It's <laughs> um, a fucking animate. Yeah. And yeah. Like, we yeah. need to crank these out. Yeah. So you need to make a bloody effort on this. <laughs> and it's not, it's not going to stop. We need 130 episodes, yeah. uh, 23 minutes each yeah. for the next, what, two years? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Well, yeah fuck yeah, you. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Your, your children will look very different the yeah. next time you see them. Yeah. You're going to miss so many important moments. So as you, as you correctly identify, Tom, 130 episodes in yeah. all, uh, each running to around 23 minutes. Uh, He-Man, apparently, I can find no no reason as to why this happened, but apparently it did. Uh, it, apparently it debuted in the UK three weeks before it launched in the US, airing here on Children's ITV from the 5th of September 1983. Uh, the series then aired until the 21st of November 1985. We've waited long enough. Let's hear the iconic He-Man theme. That's what I was trying to do at the beginning. For, <laughs> oh, I see. For context. Yeah. And the masters of the universe. <laughs> so earnest. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull!
became the mighty Battle Cat, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. Together, we defend Castle Greyskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. Hey, man. Yes. <laughs> I've just realised with, with He-Man, mm. there's not much of a theme. It's just, hey, man, at yeah. the end. Yeah, well, the lyrics, that's all you need. The lyrics aren't great, although uh, we will come back to that. Okay. So I enjoy that classic opening for several reasons. One, as you know, Tom, you know this about me. I'm a big fan of an opening sequence that tells you the entire, the entire premise of a show. Yeah. Love it. I enjoy how intense He-Man is. He's just periodically shouting stuff. Yeah. Not, not constantly, but just every so often he'll just shout. Yeah. Um, I like that after delivering his opening spiel, he uh, punches the audience in the face. You can't see <laughs> he it. Does, there's he literally does, a bit where he yeah. just like punches the yeah, screen. He's like, he's so, <laughs> I'm the most powerful man in the universe. Fuck you. Have some. Yeah. Um, I also like that He-Man describes his secret powers as fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Which... <laughs> which you can't do a He-Man episode. Fabulous. Well, you can't do a He-Man episode without discussing this. Tom, are you aware of the He-Man skit Fabulous Secret Powers? I don't know. I think I think in some form you may be aware of this. So this video was created by Slack Circus originally I'm... and and posted on the Something Awful forums yeah. in 2005. I think I know what You it know is. what this is. Yeah. It was ripped and posted to YouTube in 2006 and then it spread like wildfire, achieving meme status and inspiring all manner of tributes and remixes. Okay, here we go. Hi there, I'm Adam, Prince of Eternia. This is my kitty, Mr. Cringer Pants, the most cutest kitty in the universe. Fabulous secret powers revealed to me. Fabulous secret powers? I held aloft my magic sword and sang. <laughs> now, iconic. But at the time, yeah. what a weird idea to go. Let's do a He-Man spoof where he sings uh, "What's Going On" by yeah. uh, what are they got three non three non blondes. Yeah, four non blondes. Yeah. Four not four. Yeah. I, apologies to whichever of the whichever, non, uh, whichever non blonde yeah. I, do, I, I, I kicked yeah. out of the group. It, it looks like he's singing it. Yeah, it's really good. And I realize quickly when I this video has five million views. This is, and this is the original video, yeah. not the one that got someone else lifted it right. and, and posted it. And that one has like 15 million views. Bastards. So overall, it's about 20 million views. I mean, you're not really getting the point of this. So we're watching a video of, of He-Man just really going for it. Beat's about to drop. Oh, here we go. It's weird because it's, it's just like a really good disco remix of Four yeah, Blondes. Yeah. This is very 2006 uni humour for us, really, isn't it? This yeah. Is... <laughs> there it is. There it is. There's the meme. <laughs> really good. Really well edited. What's going now? And I say, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. I say, hey, what's going now? <laughs> and he tries. 
Revolution. Best bit coming up. All right. And he prays. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I, I got so excited to hit the mic. That's enough. That's enough. Anyway, you get the point. You get the uh, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, but that's not the only incredible musical moment to emerge okay. from the He-Man phenomenon. Uh, in 1986, Brazilian children's music group Trem de Alegria also recorded a song about He-Man. Of course they did. Oh, so this was like a hit single in... It was a single. <laughs> That's yeah. as much as I can tell you. This is like S Club Juniors in their day. I assume they're singing about He-Man. I mean, I well, do you want to go straight to the to the English yeah. English English lyrics? All right. So the lyrics there yeah. translated into English: In the world of Eternia, far away from here, All right. in the struggle for peace, a guardian will arise. Strength and courage. He was born for good. Muscles of steel. Our hero is He-Man. Point your shining sword to the sky, and between lightning and thunder, a champion will be born. In the fight for justice, he gives himself entirely. Then the chorus goes, I have the strength. I am invincible. Let's go, friends. United, we will defeat the seed of evil. And then the next verse is, Skeletor's plan could be fatal. Castle secrets he wants to get. He plans a thousand tricks. He will never give up. He-Man with his sword makes the war end. Makes the war end. He makes the war end. So it was just a children's group in Brazil who just sort of went, do you know what we should do? I fucking loved Let's He-Man. Let's just, 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 just do a song about He-Man. That's not, big... not in the same theme or the same tune. That's no. just, just... A spin-off single. Yeah. But they just loved He-Man. Wow. That's how big it was. Okay. A global phenomenon. So He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was produced by Mattel, the toy company, alongside Filmation Associates, a production company in operation from 1963 until 1989 putting out such notable titles as Star Trek the Animated Series and Brave Star, both potential Star. future episode fodder, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, much of the franchise backstory was developed by the Filmation Animation Studio. So on the 1st of December 1982, uh, writer Michael Halperin, who'd written for Quincy, and would later go on to write episodes of Airwolf, Knight Rider, and Star Trek The Next Generation, he wrote a series Bible outlining much of the series' premise, settings, and characters. Mattel and Filmation then pitched the series to ABC, who turned it down. Wow. So instead, the series was released in first-run syndication, meaning the rights were released to multiple TV stations without going through a broadcast network. I always get confused by that when America do that. You know, when you look up a show, you, yeah. you want to know where... Syndication. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Well, that's what it means. <laughs> I just told you what it means. Yeah. It means the rights were released to multiple TV stations without going through a broadcast network. No, no one. It's just like, I don't really understand American no. TV. Why, why are you grilling it's me on this? It's a free-for-all. Yeah. It's a free-for-all. Free-for, essentially, it's a free-for-all. Um, if any American listeners want to educate us on, on what syndication yeah. is, it'd be much appreciated. Um, so by 1984, uh, He-Man was airing on 120 US stations and in more than 30 countries, including Brazil, I would imagine. It'd be weird, it'd be weird if it wasn't. Yeah. Um, by mid-1985, it was airing on 152 stations across the US and was the most popular syndicated program with children aged... Two to eleven, so suck it, ABC. But like, did they poll a two-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> so Baby. It's the most popular program between ages two to eleven. So they just get a two-year-old down. Like, do you want to like list your favorite show? Hey man, they, hey man. They tick yeah. the box and said, hey point. Man. They'd point. Bullshit. Yeah. No, and they'd be like, do, oh, oh, I think he likes Conan actually. But <laughs> they look the same. That's the same so. thing. Yeah, he's just blonde. Um, 
Philip, uh, one of our regular listeners, he got in touch on, on Twitter, again, at Two Geeks Cast. You can do the same. Um, he said, this was my first proper fandom, meaning He-Man, um, except maybe Thomas the Tank Engine nice. or Will Quack Quack, which is not something I, I was previously no, aware of. That? I had to look it up. It's a Welsh language television cartoon about a duck living in rural Wales. Nice. I love the, the idea it has a fandom. Yeah. I love that anything can have a fandom, including, including Will Quack Quack. Nice. Big fan of that. Um, Philip said, the fact that they had science and magic blew my tiny mind at a time when most cartoons were one or the other. I love the characters, even the comic relief. But looking back, I think it's the music, visual effects and background art that grabbed me. Filmation were great at creating worlds and vibes. Yeah. Very much helped that I had the toys to play with between episodes two. That bit where I had to say blew my tiny mind. I can't say that for it. It was that. Without, without doing it like Alvin started. Yes, that was it. On that public information yeah. film where uh, th there's two little girls crossing the road. Yeah. And, and, and he's like, just look at them. A double-decker bus could be right on top of them and they and they'd never even know it. And, <laughs> then, and then he confronts them and he yeah, goes, yeah. you must be out of your tiny minds. So, <laughs> so good. There's so many good avenues. It's like, like the main thing I remember um, Alvin Stardust for. Yeah. Is this moment here. Here he is. Just look at them. <laughs> Bear in mind, this is Alvin Stardust. If you don't know who he is, he's this glam glam rock star from the 1970s. He had a couple yeah. of hits, My Cuckoo and yeah. Jealous Mind. Yeah. Jealous Mind. <laughs> tiny Minds, whatever. And in and she his, must she must be out of her jealous mind. Yeah, his his whole thing was he had an afro, well not an afro. Um, what's it called? The Elvis like sort a of quiff. Hair. Yeah, the a quiff. quiff. And he had one black glove way before Michael Jackson did the one glove thing. Um, and he's he's there in his full get up. Yeah, but he's just on the road in some <laughs> English street somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, here, but, but 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 fully in the gear and teaching the Green Cross Code. So yeah. There we go. Yeah, they must be crackers. A double decker bus could be right on top of them, and they'd never even see it. Hey, you must be out of your tiny mind. When you cross the road, always use the green cross code. Keep your wits about you and keep looking and listening. Keep your wits about you. Great. See you, girls. <laughs> Take it from me. Be smart. Be safe. And he does, because when he did, at the end, he's, he's pointing to the camera with one hand. With his one, one glove. glove. His one gloved hand. And that's what he used to do in all his songs. Brilliant. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, Alpha Stardust. He was in Hollyoaks for a while. Was he? Yeah, he was like, he ran the bar in Hollyoaks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Little little fat for you there. Anyway, carry on. Um, I can't even remember where I was. Yeah, so <laughs> Philip got in touch. Thank you, Philip, for that. Um, we really we really appreciate it. Um, genuinely. Yeah. Um, so He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, let's dig a bit into the, into the mythology now. Okay. Um, it takes place on Eternia, a planet of myth, magic, and fantasy. Its lead character is Prince Adam with a D. Adam. Um, Prince Adam. Um, the young son of Eternia's rulers, King Randor and Queen Marlena. So he's a bit of a Nepo baby. Okay. Prince Adam. Of course he is. To use the, to use the modern parlance. Yeah. Um, Prince Adam is supposed to be a teenager, but to save on animation costs, he was animated with the same design, oh, really? more or less, as He-Man. Yeah. Meaning his transformation is somewhat underwhelming given that Adam is already built like a brick shithouse. <laughs> so it's like Thundercats where he's just, he's meant to be a boy, but he's actually beyond. Well, well, no, but like, it's different from that because now, because Lion O was is a boy was was a, the, the mind of a boy yeah. in that in the body of a adult ripped man. Yeah. Whereas Adam was meant to be like a scrawny teenager, a bit more of a banana man situation. Yeah. Who turns into a ripped superhero, but he was sort of already ripped because yeah. they couldn't be bothered to like draw a different character essentially. So I've got a little side by side. Yeah. If you want if you want to open that? Oh, okay. Up. Um. 
I mean, people talk about Clark Kent and He-Man, uh, Clark Kent and Superman, but I mean... <laughs> the, so the one on the left is meant to be the, the weenie... That's his secret identity. And they're always like, oh, Prince Adam, what coward... same face. What coward, what, like, what little weenie, so, he's so like, weak and pathetic. And but you can like, see his abs through his shirt. Yeah, yeah, literally. You can see his muscles bulging out of his like tight sort of shirt and vest that he's, he's wearing. Uh, yeah, the only difference is he's wearing less clothes as He-Man. I love that it just could be asked. Couldn't like, be asked to animate it. It was it was to save money. Okay, apparently. Right. Apparently. Yeah. Um yeah. Not only not only do they look identical, but Adam, who does get dismissed by other characters for being weak, he could not be more I'd, more rich. Killed have his body. Yeah. Uh whenever Prince Adam holds the sword of power aloft and proclaims, by the power of Grey Skull, he is endowed with his fabulous secret powers and transformed into He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Uh, He-Man uses his powers to defend Eternia from the evil forces of Skeletor. In this series, portrayed as an evil demon from another dimension, uh, though a Mattel mini-comic implied that in that continuity, uh, Skeletor was once Keldor, brother to King Randor, and so technically Prince Adam's uncle, which I'm not, I'm not such a big fan of. I don't like this idea that everything's, everything needs to be connected. It's a bit like um, the whole Brofeld thing in, in, in Bond where Blofeld turned out to be James Bond's long lost brother. Oh, yeah. It's like, nah. can't they just be two guys? Be a bloke. Can't they just be, yeah, couple, yeah. Can't they just be a bloke? Yeah. Um, Skeletor's main goal is to conquer the mysterious fortress of Castle Grayskull from which He-Man draws his powers. If successful, Skeletor would have enough power to rule all of Eternia and possibly the entire universe. Now we have him! I waited a long time for this. So, He-Man, we meet again. Nothing to say? <laughs> what do you say about being turned to stone? What's this? Oh. It's nothing but a robot. They've lured us away to take the prince. Quick, back to the cave. Ah, there <laughs> he is. Hold the... Now... It was an interesting choice of voice. I'm sure you get onto it. I will get onto it. Because, yeah. yeah. It doesn't go with what he looks like, so I'm saying. It's probably to make it like, if he had, because he's quite scary looking. Yeah. If he had, but if it's probably scary voice, it would probably be too much for kids, and I Skeletor's think. Skeletal. It, it balances it out. Ripped. Skeletal's also weird, except for his face. Yeah. Where, where, like all the muscle that's not present on his face is everywhere else in his body. He's also weirdly. Strangely attractive. Well, that, that was a leap. <laughs> took a leap. You took a leap there. <laughs> But um, I, I, you know, the Twitter accounts Fesshole. Yeah. Um, there was one I saw the other day. This is this is a Twitter account where people make yeah. anon- anonymous confessions. If you're not, yeah, there. yeah. Uh, there was one that I saw, and it, yeah. it reads as thus. Yeah, this is quite recent as well. Yeah, That's yeah. Funny. Literally, seventeenth of January this yeah. year. When I have sex with my husband, I think of Skeletor from He Man, and it always makes me. Yeah. Just praying I never accidentally shout out his name. Now. Maybe this is a thing. Maybe there's, there's a secret society of women out there who just fucking can't get enough of Skeletor. He's like the ultimate bad boy, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, but that, that voice. Yeah. He's like, meh. Yeah, baby. Like, he's uh, like a camp um, mafia boss, isn't he? Yeah, I'm saying. He sounds like one of those sort of guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, if that, let us know if you fancy Skeletor. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Um, Skeletor is aided in his schemes by mostly hapless henchmen, including Beastman, Evil Lynn, and Merman. Uh, while e- he- Evil Lynn? Evil Lynn. 
Yeah. <laughs> Someone called Lin who's fucking evil. Literally. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> While He-Man fights alongside his close allies, Basil Cat, who undergoes a similar transformation from being Adam's cowardly uh, pet tiger, Cringer. Man-at-arms, uh, real name, Duncan. <laughs> You can see why he went by man at arms. Man at arms. Apologies if Duncan. I always, I always, we, yeah. make, we make fun of names, and I'm like, no, if, du- if Duncan is at home, is it? I'm really sorry, Duncan. It's not a superhero name. It's not a superhero it? name. No, it's not a superhero name. Um, man at arms was the inventor of most of the weaponry and vehicles used by the heroic warriors, sort of like the Q figure. Um, the sorceress, who was the mystic guardian of Castle Grayskull, and secretly mother to Teela. Who's Teela? Teela was the <laughs> captain of the royal guard. Um, oh. The original mini-comics depicted Teela as a magical clone of the sorceress created by Skeletor to do his bidding. However, she was rescued from Skeletor by Man-at-Arms, who raised her as his daughter and trained Teela to serve on the side of good. This portrayal of the character was abandoned for the Filmation (laughs) cartoon series, which portrayed her as the biological daughter of the sorceress and an unnamed and apparently deceased father. The problem with the lasso must be in the electromagnetic radiation output. We have to adjust the wavelengths, make them shorter. Like this, father? Ish, that's fine. Now, if we amplify the electronic circuits, creating a circular laser... Should I adjust the control knob? Yes, move it two stops to the right. Ah, good, Tila. I think we almost have it. Just a little more work. I thought I'd find you in here, Duncan. <laughs> He's so camp. Duncan. Hello, Tila. What is it? It's Skeletor. He's using Beast Man and Trapjaw in a plan to take over Eternia. Why does my voice echo when no one else is done? He's raising some sort of army. That's what we have to find out and stop. Whatever it is. Well, when Skeletor's on the move... I love the music that starts with Seaman's there. Then let's go! No, Tila. I want you to finish working on the lasso. But father... No, you stupid woman. You've got to stay here because we are men and we're going to do the men things. It was the 80s. the lasso. Yes, father... Work, work on your bit of string. Hey, man. I just think... I love it. You've never seen the show before and already you're like, hey, man. I just, into it. I, I feel like none of the voices fit the characters. What? I this, just, is, this is blasphemy. I know. I just feel like he man's, he man talks like this and he just doesn't feel like it suits the, the person. Right. And then man at large is sounds like a cowardly... Man, man at large. What's his name? Man at, man at, man at arms. Man at arms. Yeah, man at arms. Man at large. It's man at large now. That's what we're going to call him. Man at large. He, he just sounds far too old. He is. He's a bit older. He's got a mustache. <laughs> he's a proper grown man. And then Skeletor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Sorry. Man, man at large. Man at large. Oh dear. The final regular character. Oh no. Was Orko. Orko was an invention. Um for the animated series, intended, again, to make it more kid-friendly uh, by providing comic relief. I don't even want to click on this link. So this is Scrappy-Doo. What are the other ones? Snarf. Snarf. Little Cousin Scamp. Yeah, it's just... Okay. Well, this place is a mess. When's the last time you saw the floor in here? Where I come from, we never had to clean our room. Oh, for God's sake. Well, you Already do annoyed. here. Yeah, I hate cleaning my room. This could take all year. Aha, my old bag of tricks. Hmm, maybe I can find a little magic to clean up this mess. What's this? It's worth noting that um, uh, Orko's bag of tricks literally has the word tri- yeah. tricks written on it, so he's like, oh, my bag of tricks. Oh, I found it, yeah. Yeah, not that, hmm? Oh, how about this? Upside, downside, in between. Magic wand, make the room clean. 
He's shit, he's shit at magic. That's Orko's thing. He's shit, he's shit at magic. So he's meant to be really good at magic, is he? No, but the joke is that he's shit at, he's oh, shit right. at magic. But that's what he's meant to be, the magician. But, but, but he's, but he's, shit, no, shit. he's like, a shit magician. He provides nothing. He, 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 yeah, he, yeah. He provides a comic relief. Provides a comic relief. But apparently. My father's really something, Adam. The so, real zoo. Like, when, when we were kids, were we meant to find Orko funny? Yeah. Maybe we did? I don't remember. Did you? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I think even then I was like, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on now. Orko's botched attempts at magic would often introduce all manner of hijinks oh. to the show. Um, Orko is a, is a trollin, uh, a race of beings from the extra dimensional world of troller. Um, little more than Orko's hands, ears, and eyes were ever seen by the audience, as Trollen custom only rarely permits the revelation of one's face. Uh, Orko's face was designed in production drawings, but never appeared in the series. When his clothing is removed, he was always obscured, a bit like Kenny from South Park. Um, but you do see another of his race in the episode Trouble's Middle Name. So we can have a little look at what he probably more or less oh. looks like. And I'm pretty happy that we never saw his face. Yeah, honest. it's just a generic kind of elf-like character slightly creepy little yeah creepy vibes keep the mystery, go mystery going yeah you can't you can't see the picture but He-Man is looking disapprovingly he's like oh, is that at it? this little elf fella he's like, after all that yeah uh, Orko's name was originally Gorpo um, but the character's name was changed again to save on animation costs oh. because um, he's got the letter O on his chest it was originally going to be a letter G but if you have a letter O you can flip the animation cells and use them again because it, nice. it works works either way. Yeah. So they called him Orko instead. Um, the creator of He-Man and uh, the Masters of the Universe animated series was uh, Lou Scheimer, an American producer and voice actor who was one of the original founders of Filmation. Scheimer was the son of a German Jew who, according to family legend, had to leave Germany in the early 1920s after punching a young Adolf Hitler uh, in well, the face in 1921 or 1922. Now, did that actually happen? Or was this like a... I, I like to... I like to... Amazing. I, I like to believe it happened. Yeah. Um... As well as uh, the executive producer, he was also co-credited for the series theme music and score under the pseudonym Erica Lane, which combined the names of his daughter Erica and his son Lane. Uh, he was also a voice actor for the show, as with many of the company's previous productions, voicing several significant supporting characters, including Orko and King Randor. So really, uh, you know, jack of all trades. The reason that Shimer performed the voices for so many supporting characters was that due to severe budget restrictions, the official voice actors were contracted to perform no more than three different voices per episode. So there were a lot of other characters that had to, had to be filled out. Since there were usually only three regular cast members working on each show, Shimer would fill in the rest of the male cast with his wife and daughter being roped in <laughs> to play the additional female roles. Uh, Lou's daughter, Erica Shimer, also directed the voice actors and she and her father recorded the remaining voices on their own later because he did not see himself as a proper actor and was ashamed of recording with the other voice actors. He's like, nah, I'm not good Don't enough. Be there. But actually, some of the most iconic, yeah. uh, iconic performances in the show. Uh, Shimer voiced characters for many other filmation cartoons besides He-Man, including playing Batman ah. in The New Adventures of Batman yeah. in 1977. Uh, he sadly passed away in 2003. Uh, Gwen Wetzler was a producer on the show, a producer, director, and animator who started in the animation business at Disney, working on Sleeping Beauty and uh, Lady and the Tramp. In 1977, after 20 years at Disney, Wetzler became the first woman to direct and produce animation at major studios, including MGM, Warner Brothers, and the Hanna-Barbera Studios, working on uh, the Transformers, He-Man, of course, Gem and the Holograms, and Tiny Toon Adventures. Nice. Yeah. 
Uh, He-Man is also noted for featuring early scriptwriting work from uh, J. Michael Straczynski, the, uh, later the creator of Babylon 5, Paul Dini and Bryn Stevens, both of whom would go on to write acclaimed episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Transformers Beast Wars story editor Larry DeTilio, he also uh, contributed some episodes, as did David Wise, later the head writer of the TV version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Real Ghostbusters. So, let's talk about the cast of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, so John Irwin uh, played Prince Adam or He-Man. He also played uh, Ram Man, Beast Man and other characters. This was his most notable voice credit, though he also voiced Morris the Cat in commercials for the Nine Lives brand cat food in the 1970s. I think this was quite big in the US at the time. I wasn't familiar with it previously, but I'm really glad I am now. Does he have the same voice? Exactly the same oh, voice. Right. Nine Lives presents Morris. Wow. Oh, Morris, wasn't that love story sweet? Sickening is more like it. Ready for <laughs> Din Din? I'm too choked up. Finicky baby, it's Nine Lives. Sassy cat. The plot's improving. <laughs> Kidney or Super Supper? Oh, oh, Nine Lives Super Supper. Nine Lives, <laughs> nutritious foods cats really like, even Morris. Who could face tomorrow without Nine Lives? <laughs> I love it. It's just an actual cat. It's not an animation or anything. No, yeah, it's just, yeah. just a cat. It's a real cat with He-Man's voice. Nice. Uh, Irwin also played Teddy in the TV western Rawhide from 1959 to 1965. And his voice is heard as a radio newscaster in 1989's Back to the Future Part 2. Oh. Yeah. During, now this is nice, genuinely nice. Uh, during the show's run, John Irwin uh, recorded a message on a cassette tape in character as He-Man for Josh Johnson, a young fan who was losing his eyesight due to an illness. Hello, Joshua. This is He-Man. Somebody told me how much you enjoyed my adventure story, so I thought I would send this special tape to you. It's yours to keep and play whenever you like. You know, Joshua, I have a lot of problems here on Eternia, but with the help of my good friends, I'm usually able to work things out. That's the way it is with friends. When everything is fine, well, it's great to have them around, you know, to help share the fun, the good times. But when I have a problem, well, that's when I really need them. It's not that they can always do something, but it sure helps just having them there. Having a friend to talk to. Somebody who really cares about me. Friendship. Well, it's a very special thing. And that's why I'm sending you. Well, that's... Hey, that's lovely. Isn't it? Didn't have to do that, did he? Nah. Now aged uh, 86, Irwin was last heard to be living in a retirement community in California. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer played Skeletor, also uh, voiced Cringer slash Battle Cat, Man at Large. Um, <laughs> man at Large. Man at Arms. Uh, Merman and others. Apparently, uh, Oppenheimer was so talented a voice artist, you're still laughing at Man at Large. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's so talented a voice artist that the writers would deliberately, deliberately give his characters lines in quick succession so that they could watch him switch between characters during recording That's sessions. mean. Because well, he was just so good at it. They were like, oh, this, this will be fun. Um, besides his He-Man roles, Oppenheimer is known for playing Dr. Rudy Wells, the scientist responsible for installing Steve Austin's bionic implants in early episodes of The Six Million Dollar Man. Uh, he also appeared in the original Westworld movie in 1973 and played three different roles in three different Star Trek series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Uh, he also had an illustrious career as a voice actor, playing Ming the Merciless in 1979's Flash Gordon cartoon using a familiar voice. <laughs> Father. 
the captured Earth people. We are from Earth, and we came here. I know who you are. Then you must also know that Mongo and Earth are on a collision course. <laughs> <laughs> Our worlds will not collide, Dr. Zarkov. Man. Mongo's course is controlled by me. Uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, Oppenheimer also provided the voices. This is one for you, Tom. Not so much for me. I've never oh. seen it. He also provided the voices of Falcor, Gamork, uh... Rockbiter, and the narrator. Uh, the latter three roles being uncredited in 1984 film The NeverEnding Story. I've never seen it. Does that does that mean anything to you? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't even know if I've said those. Never seen it. All future episode fodder. Yeah. Um, he also voiced Beachcomber and Warpath in the Transformers. Alan also appeared. Alan Oppenheimer as a talking head on. TV's nastiest villains. Here we go. A 2014 countdown show aired on Channel 5 hosted by Joan Collins. <laughs> Such a niche. Alan appeared to discuss his role as uh. He-Man Skeletor, the show, <laughs> the show cutting between Alan and entertainment journalist Morgan Jeffrey, who discussed his own love of Skeletor and, and why the character should be considered one of television's greatest antagonists. Who knows what happened to that guy? Is there no clip of this? Oh. Alan Oppenheimer's still working. Uh, aged 92, uh, he voiced the talking clock old-timer oh. in 2019's Toy Story 4. Good. Yeah. Uh, Linda Gary played the show's female characters, including Teela, Evil Lynn, and the Sorceress. Uh, <laughs> still amused by Evil Lynn. Do you think Lynn? they just, someone dated a Lynn and they really pissed them off? And yeah. Like, right, well, it's, it's, out of this. it's nominative determinism, isn't it? If, you, if your name's Evil Lynn, you're not going to be a great, like, it's good, why, why, why bother? No. I'm not going to be bothered being nice. Everyone just no. has these, you know, this this idea of me. Yeah, preconceptions. preconceptions. Yeah. yeah. Um, tragic, really. Uh, again, Linda Gary had a long list of impressive credits, particularly in voice work. Uh, she provided voices for 1984's English dub of uh, Nausicaa, of the Valley of the Wind. Uh, she also played Grandma Longneck in The Land Before Time 2 through 4, <laughs> um, played Aunt May in the first season of the 90s Spider-Man animated series, and provided voices for series including The Transformers, Pirates of Dark Water, and Batman the Animated Series. Further additional voices for He-Man were provided by George DiCenzo, who notably played Marty's grandfather, Sam Baines, in Back to the Future, uh, and played a more significant role in She-Ra as the lead villain Hordak. More on She-Ra later. The success of He-Man in syndication greatly influenced other animation houses to produce half-hour cartoon commercials, cartoons produced basically to sell toys, and considerably changed the syndicated cartoon market. Though certain animated characters differed from their toy counterparts, since Mattel would base toy designs on Filmation's early concept illustrations, uh, and which would often have changed design radically by the time the characters made it to screen. So often the toys didn't look anything like the characters anyway. Yeah. Um, despite its huge popularity with audiences, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe proved controversial in some circles. Before this time, FCC regulations had prohibited any type of children's programming being based on a toy. Huh. And in the UK, advertising regulations forbade commercials for He-Man toys to accompany the program itself, because I guess it was like too much of a hard sell. Uh. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. Not so fast, Beastman. He-Man! You can pit He-Man against Beastman playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beastman's escaping. The throne, Dad. Dad, you saved the castle! Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Beast-Man each sold separately from Mattel. This is just giving me uh, sad flashbacks to 
my lost toy from the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah. So I didn't realize. Again, I didn't realize. Yeah. Trigger that, warning. I don't, right. I don't know if anyone knows who does the voiceover for that. Yeah. Because <laughs> Captain Grayskull. Because Captain Grayskull. Because. <laughs> what did I, why did I come up with Captain Grayskull? Ca- is, that, is that a thing? This is Castle Grayskull. Castle Grayskull. A, Captain, this is the spin off. Captain, Captain Grayskull, a man at large. <laughs> But the guy who does the voice of that, I didn't realize I was just looking for a, for a He-Man toy commercial. Do you remember when we did the, the Transformers uh, episode? Yeah. And there was a trailer for a, a sort of Transformers-esque like series yeah. called Robotics. Mm. And there's a voiceover guy in that who he does he does the voiceover for that. And he's incredible. He goes like, um, the evil terracores fight against robotics. And it's the same voice. I know for a fact it it's the same be. voice. So whoever, whoever that guy is, is yeah. like my favorite voice of yeah. all time. E-Man was also controversial because it was more violent than many other children's TV series at the time, although the lead character more typically used wrestling star moves rather than actually punching his enemies, which is sort of wrestle. Have a real wrestle. <laughs> to the ground. Yeah. yeah. Um, these two aspects of the series, the violence and the commercialization, sparked a backlash. So in December 1985, the New York Times published an article about the Christchurch Day School in Manhattan and its concerns over the series. Peggy Marble, the school's director, described He-Man as a national obsession among yeah. boys aged three, four, and five. Um, I, I, guess, I guess they asked them, they surveyed them again. Yeah. Um, but she expressed concerns that the show is promoting unusually aggressive play among the school's children. I don't think you need to promote that among among kids. Kids kids will leave a bunch of kids in a room, they will end up kicking the shit out of yeah. each other. Well, boys, boys, boys will. Um, Lou Scheimer was quoted in the article as saying that most of the show's critics had never actually watched the program carefully. In a 2006 interview with Animation World, uh, he reaffirmed this in more straightforward terms, saying... You know what? People who never saw the show complain about its violence. It's all bullshit. <laughs> Straight talking Lou. Do you know what? I'm sick of this. That's the kind of attitude that will see you yeah. punch Hitler in the face. Yeah. Uh, in the New York Times article, Scheimer also emphasized that He-Man delivered a lot of positive messages to children. Indeed, in similar fashion to other shows at the time, notably G.I. Joe, an attempt to mitigate the negative publicity was made by including a life lesson <sighs> or moral of the story at the end of each episode. Tonight, a very special episode. Of He-Man. Every episode was a special episode. Taking a magic oh. potion which she thought would help her. Well, she found out there aren't any magic potions. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> there aren't any magic drugs mm. either. Anytime you take one from <laughs> anybody but your parents or your doctor, you're taking a very big chance. You're gambling with your health. Maybe even your life. Drugs don't make your problems go away. They just create more. What I like about that one is... He was, it was obviously, you know, she, she, she took a magic potion and it turned out bad, but he couldn't let that analogy lie. He couldn't be like, magic potions are bad. Don't take anything. He went, magic potions are bad. Do you know what else is bad? Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> like he had to, he had to make the subtext text. So much, so much of crossover between the kind of people, kids that watching He Man, yeah. and the kind of kids that would be taking drugs at school. Yeah, these three, four, and five year olds who who loved He Man. <laughs> I feel like they're like stay away from drugs. Even kids. if you were a dweeb who was like 12, 13 years old watching He Man, yeah. not the sort of dweeb that's going to be taking drugs. The kind of yeah. scary kids at school that were taking drugs. They're not watching. He-Man. They're watching He Man. They're not watching He Man. Do, do you know why they're not taking drugs? Because they're watching him, yeah, exactly. And he's saying, "Stay away from magic yeah. potions yeah. and drugs." They don't have any friends. <laughs> we should know. We should, yeah. By the way, Tom's not just dissing our, no, entire, our entire listenership because no. that is that is us. We, we were. We, we, we didn't were, come anywhere near any drugs. No, you the, the only the only dizzying high I got was from watching He Man. Yeah. Um, Fanta. <laughs> such was the moral panic to shows like He Man that in October 1990. Uh, President George H.W. Bush signed the Children's Television Act. What? 
or CTA. It genuinely had a huge, so upset huge, with huge impact. Yeah. Um, he's he's such a like nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like compared to the other stuff going on at the time. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. The first President Bush, he signed an act of Congress ordering the FCC, the FCC won't let He-Man be. Um, he, he ordered the FCC to implement regulations surrounding programming that serves the educational and informational needs of children, um, as well as regulating the amount of advertising broadcast during television programs aimed towards children. Concentrate on the Gulf War, mate. Is there's, it's like, you got, you got bigger things yeah, to worry about. He-Man? Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. A version of the act remains in place to this day with the most recent tweaks to the rules going into effect on the 16th what? of September 2019. It still exists. So He-Man's caused all this bother? It's, well, it still exists. You, like, there's certain rules around like kids' TV and what you can and can't do, but not just because of He-Man, but like He-Man and shows of its ilk. A big part of it is He-Man. Yeah. Sort out, Joe. Um, many parent groups were also critical of what they saw as the show's homoeroticism. <laughs> uh, there is a whole, and not even like, not a subsection, an entire Wikipedia page entitled he-Man as a gay icon, All right. um, which reads, He-Man has become a gay icon and amassed an LGBT following, specifically amongst gay men. According to various insiders and employees, Mattel is aware of and receptive to He-Man's gay icon status and his following in the LGBT community. So it was accidental, but it went with it. Yeah, they were like, great. Because he looks fabulous. He does. He has fabulous secret powers. Yeah. They were like, yeah. well, not intended, but yeah. sure. Fine. Cool. Roll with it. Roll with it. Um, so towards the end of the show's original run, it spawned one feature-length theatrical movie. He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword. Nice crossover. Which served, well, it served as the introduction for the show's spin-off and literal sister series, She-Ra, Princess of Power, which followed the adventures of He-Man's long-lost sister, oh. Princess Adora. So she wasn't a thing? No, they were like... So this is where it started? They were like, let's do a, let's do a, a female version. Right. And they are like, he's got a long-lost sister, She-Ra. So I remember... Did you like, always think they were just like totally separate? Yeah, I just thought they were separate things. No, it's, it's, it's a spin-off. Okay. In the two worlds of Eternia oh, and trailers were so much better. There is one on. who commands the power. He-Man. <laughs> now, for the first time ever on the motion picture screen, He-Man and your favorite Masters of the Universe characters in a brand And Man at Large. And Captain Grayskull. <laughs> the greatest battle of all time. And introducing She-Ra, Princess of Power, his long-lost sister. He-Man, catch! He-Man and She-Ra, united at last, following their destiny to a distant world. Fighting for freedom in a treacherous land. Unleashing their power on the most evil forces ever to menace the universe. Together we'll make life miserable for those Eternian fools. Just like the old days. Meh. Let's go and hold out the boys. <laughs> the boys. The fury. The fantasy. This is the dawn of the most incredible adventure of all. He-Man and She-Ra in The Secret of the Sword. Now, two things. Mm. One, why has that not been rebooted yet? But we'll go on to that, I'm sure. Why has what not been rebooted? Just He-Man and She-Ra in general. They both, they both have several times. And we yeah, but okay, fine. Go on. <laughs> Secondly, along with Gadget, She-Ra must have been one of your favourite 
first crushes of all time. Yeah, is, is, uh, Shira is 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 formative. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah for 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 young for young boys of a certain yeah you know yeah certain ilk. I'm sure he man is as well for a lot of people. Well, he's a he's an LGBT icon. Yeah. Um, Though it received mixed reviews, the film was a box office success, oh. grossing more than three times its $2 million budget. Good. Uh, the film was later shown, split into five parts, as the first five episodes of the right. She-Ra spin-off series. Yeah. Um, though there is no series finale to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Still technically going on. Yeah, it's, it's still going Never on ended. somewhere. Yeah. Um, Lou Scheimer pitched a sequel series called He-Ro, <laughs> Son of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Okay. Presumably it's like Son of He-Man, comma, and the Masters of the Universe. Not that he's the son of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I'm not quite sure how that would... <laughs> some kind of gangbang situation. I don't know. <laughs> but in this series, uh, He-Man was... An older He-Man was going to be King of Eternia, um, married to Tila, and they had a son, He-Ro, um, but the show wasn't picked up. Oh. Didn't, didn't happen. Okay. Now, you, you, you asked about this earlier. Yeah. You're clearly not aware of this. There was a, lo- a live-action He-Man film. Was there? Yeah. Simply titled... Masters of the Universe. It was released in 1987. Right. It starred Dolph Lundgren as oh. He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor, Courtney Cox as the teenager Julie, and wow. Christina Pickles, who would later play Cox's mother yeah. on Friends, as the sorceress. At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. Utter evil. Why does this totally pass me by? And there is only one man who dares challenge him. Dolph Lundgren. It's a bank holiday classic. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them to get down and brought to me! Across the face. Police! Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm going to need some backup. Can you show us the way? No. Somebody help me! distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe, live the adventure. I mean, yeah. They are? It'll look great. It's a cult classic. Is it? It's, it's gone on to be. Okay. Yeah. Um, the film ends with a post credit scene, innovative at the time, teasing Skeletor's return following his apparent death at the end of the film. Now, um, I'm, but I'm, I'm assuming there was no such sequel. However, there was no sequel. All right. The film was a critical and commercial failure. <laughs> Fail, it flopped at the box office, failed, to make, failed to make back his budget. Yeah, okay. didn't make it, even make it back his budget and yeah. was, yeah, and was torn apart. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is now regarded as a cult classic. Says... Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Mattel's attempts to relaunch the He-Man toy line in the early 1990s also led to the short-lived sequel series um, to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, The New Adventures of He-Man in the early 1990s, which was intended to be a continuation of Filmation's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah. 
My name is Adam of Grayskull. I did not like this. <laughs> By the power of Eternia. Not a fan. I'm, I remember it, it was on and I was like, He-Man's back. And it's just... Yeah, it's not He-Man. He's just wetty. <laughs> Who's I, this guy? I didn't like the... He-Man says, by the power of Grayskull. Yeah. Like, it's something about like that. Yeah. Like, Grayskull. Uh, sounds cool. And this guy's like, the power of attorney. Yeah. I was like, who's this guy? He doesn't look <laughs> is this Johnny Newpan? He doesn't look the same. I didn't like it. But my old enemy, Skeletor, followed me. Now, here in the future, he has found new allies to help him in his never-ending fight against all that is good. Yet on Primus, I shit as well. Yeah, what's that skull about? Is he, has he even got a ponytail? Yeah. Oh, come on. Very 90s. Struggle against the forces of darkness. Good against evil. The battle continues. No, it doesn't. Is that like meant to be like genuine sequel? Yeah, sequel. So it's the same He-Man? Allegedly. It's not like a reboot or... Not canon. It's not my He-Man. Hashtag uh, not my He-Man. So it featured a new cast, and with the exception of He-Man and Skeletor, all new characters, uh, with He-Man summoned to a new planet to fight a race of evil mutants. His incredible friends. He-Man and his amazing friends. It aired one season. Again, 65 episodes. Why? Those animators didn't see their families. No. Um, They're worth it. And it, No, exactly. It's not like the, the original. Where no. like, at least you made something that like stands the test of time. Yeah. No, uh, this received mixed reviews. Um, some felt it was thematically and tonally too different to the original, including me. Um, <laughs> there was then... A rebooted series. Huh. This one's a reboot. Uh, again, called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which debuted in 2002. So this one was a reboot or update of the original rather than a sequel. Um, but it did bring back several writers from the original series um, and aired two seasons, a total of 39 episodes, receiving mostly positive reviews. And this one is seen as, although it's a reboot, it's seen as being kind of more, uh, you know, of a, having the same spirit okay. as the original. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia. Adam or Adam? Secrets of Castle Grayskull. With a D. Just like George Stobart from like Broken Sword. Friend. Fabulous. Oh, Jesus Christ. They mix it up. Yeah. That's a genuine shock. <laughs> it is a bit more like... I, I never even watched this one, but already you're like, this is a bit more like Yeah, it. good. Good. And he actually goes from being weedy to being yeah. muscular in this good. one. Good. Already, yeah. That's like, they've gone from like shit mid, yeah. mid 90s to like early or early noughties. <laughs> I just love how he's like, I'm Adam and I'm a. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> no time for that. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, in 2016, a new episode was produced in the style of the original He-Man oh. uh, series by toy producer Super 7. And this was titled The Curse of the Three Terrors and it was screened, a uh, special screening at that year's San Diego Comic Con. Nice. Yeah. Wow, so it's exactly the same. It, 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 it's sort of the same, but also sort of looks like it was animated on Flash. Yeah. Look, you flea-bitten fur brain. I can't leave them alone for two minutes without them needing my help. You know, bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Most recently, and this is bizarre, not one but two continuation series were released on Netflix in 2021. In the same year, they released two different He-Man series. I don't know why they did this. Um, so it was the more family-oriented uh, animated CGI revival, which was, again, titled He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, this one has released three seasons and features such voice talents as Stephen Fry, uh, Alan Oppenheimer, 
He's back, but now playing uh, King Grayskull, George Dekai <laughs> as Merman, uh, Wallace Shawn as Orko, and the late great Kevin Conroy as Hordak. I had no idea it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't they reboot it? I already hate it. Just looking at an animation, I hate it. What is this? <laughs> what, what is this? I sort of love the theme tune. Oh, yeah, at first you hate You hear the theme, you're like, oh, and then the more... Actually, it's like... It's getting stuck in your head. <laughs> this this song sounds like the like the end credit song to like Triple X or a Fast yeah. and Furious movie. Okay, it looks like Wreck It Ralph. What the hell is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. There was also, and this will annoy you. This will annoy me. Yeah, this will annoy you. The more adult-themed uh, animated series, uh, Masters of the Universe, Revelation. <laughs> Literally, it's called Revelation. Make an effort. Uh, which was, again, intended as a direct sequel to the original and was produced by Kevin Smith. Ah, oh, not Kevin Smith. Time after time, you try to take this castle, but you will never succeed, Skeletor. Call your champion. Good. So this is nothing to do with that other weird thing I just saw? No, released in the same year, both on Netflix, but totally unrelated okay. to each other. Demon. I need a hero. Have the power! Oh, I was taking a piss. I didn't realize it was the right song. Yeah. This is more like it. This is good. Great, but what a stupid name. Revelation. I knew you'd be mad about that. <sighs> I knew you'd be mad. Uh, incredible cast on this, on this one, yeah. Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Liam Cunningham as, oh, Ma nice. as Man at Large. Man, Man um, at Large, yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar as Teela. Wow. Lena Headey wow. as Eva Lynn. Alicia Silverstone what? as Queen Marlena. Alan Oppenheimer, he's back as Moss Man this time. Dennis Haysbert what? from 24 as King Grayskull and Danny Trejo what? as Ram Man. What, what a cast! Why haven't I done this existed? What, yeah. Where did this come from? Well, oh. now, hold your horses. Uh. So the series was divisive amongst fans, some of whom criticised it for sidelining He-Man. Oh, here we go. Well, wait, wait. Is it actually about a female lead? Sort of. Yeah. Sort of, but yeah. what I no, what I will say is the mistake I think they made was splitting the season. They split the first season into two parts. Right. Now in the series, He-Man is apparently killed in the opening sequence. What? Wait. The early episodes focus on Teela and her allies attempting to defend Eternia without its champion. However, He-Man is resurrected at the end of episode five and then features heavily in part two of the season. He's just back and it's great. Yeah, right. But... Fans saw the, fir the first five episodes. They'd given up by that point. Yeah. It was too little, too late. Fans had given up in a half because they were like, 
It's, all, it's all about, t- it's it's all about female. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if they released all ten episodes at once, people yeah. would have stuck with it and gone, "Oh, I see what they did. They took yeah. him away, so that when he comes back, it's great and it's really triumphant and amazing." But it kind of it went down badly because of that. Yeah. I think it could it would have it could have gone better. Fine. In any case, it did well enough that a follow-up, Masters of the Universe Revolution, has been announced and is in production. It's coming soon to Netflix. Depending on when you're listening to this, it might already come out. Um, Alongside these sequels and spin-offs, He-Man has also spawned numerous parodies and spoofs. Uh, I just had to get this one in somewhere. One of my favourite He-Man spoofs being Bowstar and the Champions of Galastrom by Harry Partridge. Okay. and power orbs, I will be able to rule the universe at last. What? Well, if it isn't Skullduggum, just as I had expected after seeing undeniable evidence that it was him, I <laughs> command you return the stolen power orbs at once. Or else what? Or else we'll be forced to leave without them. <laughs> and we really don't want to have to do that. That would be rubbish. <laughs> You talk big, Bowstar, but you're no match for my legion of invincible death bots, which I'm not going to be using. <laughs> Go and get them, grass man. Quickly, Bowstar, hit him with the stun ray. Instantly dead. No, wait a second. <laughs> Take that, you pastoral <laughs> parasite! No, foiled again! Maybe you'll think twice the next time you decide to be a giant prick, <laughs> Really good. Uh, Harry Partridge, you can find him on YouTube. Lots of great videos. But above and beyond all else, the original He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is available to revisit whenever you like. It has been released multiple times on VHS and DVD, uh, at one point, He-Man was on Netflix UK, but is not currently available via any streaming subscription in the UK, though you can buy episodes on Prime Video and Apple TV+. And a complete series box set is now available on DVD in the UK. Got it for Christmas. Really, happy. really happy. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, as someone who wasn't all that familiar with He-Man yeah. prior to this, um, thought it was about Captain Greyskull and, uh, and Man at Large. Um, Man at Large. Thought, thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it has no personal legacy for me personally. Yeah. But apart from just just despair, yeah. child. Trauma. Child I probably just trauma. blocked it out. I probably loved it as a kid. Yeah, you just, probably just instantly deleted it. Emotionally detached yourself from it. Yeah. Um but no, I can see it's an absolute iconic series. Yeah. And um of that kind of show. Would you say it's like the pinnacle of that kind of eight, so. yeah. mid eighties animation? You got that Thundercats, Thundercats, trans, Transformers. Yeah. I think that's the holy trinity. He Man, Thundercats, Transformers, the holy yeah. trinity of that kind of peak eighties cartoon. And while as an outsider you might look at those voices and think, "What is that about?" Yeah, it wouldn't be the same without them. Wouldn't would not no. be would not be this. Uh, yeah, I th- I think my my co star Alan Oppenheimer would would <laughs> co-star would agree. Yeah, we share a credit. Yeah. Why not? Share a screen credit. Well, I'm glad it still has, it's still going strong. Yeah. In its own way. Yeah. So that's it for now. Thanks for listening. For more geek chat, trivia, and booze filled banter, head to twogeeks2beers.com to hear all 111 of our previous episodes. Uh, if you're a fan of classic 80s animation, we've got installments on Thundercats, Defenders of the Earth, Ulysses 31, The Mysterious Cities of Gold, and many more. Plus, more outings covering off classic films, TV shows, and video games. You can also go follow us on all the socials, Two Geeks Cast 
on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, where we recently went viral yeah. with, of all things, a video clip where we discussed the relative merits of Jude Law and Holiday and Alfie and debated at which point he reached peak sexiness. <laughs> exactly the kind of thing you expect from yeah. a nostalgic geek podcast about TV films and video games. It, it, it blew up. Yeah. Um, we're, we're now at well over a million views across TikTok and Instagram. So if you've tuned in for the first time off the back of that clip, welcome. And we're sorry that this is the only mention of Jude Law you're getting in this episode. Yeah. Uh, you may have wildly misinterpreted how much Jude Law content there was going to be in the show. But, you know, stick around. There's, there's lots of other good stuff. And uh, yeah, speaking of video, you can also find us on YouTube. If you put in Two Geeks, Two Beers into the search bar, uh, you'll find an archive of episodes old and new in full plus clips and samplers and behind-the-scenes video footage. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts, where we recently cracked the top 100 TV and film podcasts for the first time in our series run. Mm. Very chuffed about. Uh, we're also on Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Stitcher, Podbean, Global Player, and all other good podcast outlets where you can rate and review the podcast. Uh, if you go to our website, there's a little review button on there, so please do. Yeah, just like Isabel from Canada, who left us a five-star review just before Christmas, saying, thanks for the laughs. It made this gloomy holiday season a lot better. So oh. that's, that's us spreading festive right. cheer wherever we go. Uh, so do please rate and review. Every little bit of feedback and fan support means a lot. Speaking of, uh, you can also become a Two Geek supporter on Patreon, patreon.com slash twogeekscast. Uh, you can sponsor the podcast helping to fund our recording sessions and our equipment. All your money goes directly back into making the show. And depending on what tier you choose, you get different rewards, including, Tom? Exclusive, patron-only mini-sode. Wow. Outtakes. Yeah. Personalised thank you videos. You pay enough. Merch, including a Two Geeks mug and t-shirt you can't get anywhere else. So good. And even a mini-episode or a full-length episode that's exclusive to you. Amazing stuff. You can also email us, as I've mentioned, podcast at twogeeks2beers.com. Just like Audrey Taylor, who says they're a new listener who found us through our Three Musketeers episode because, see, Tom, people are desperate for Three Musketeers content. Uh, Audrey says, I've rediscovered two movies that I feel like you guys need to talk about, and that is Roadhouse and Young Guns. Nice. They're so weird, but also so good. That does sound like... Thank you. It would be up our street. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Audrey. We shall take it under consideration. And to the rest of you, please do get in touch and send us feedback, thoughts, and suggestions for future episodes. Now, before recording this episode, Tom and I enjoyed a beer or two. But remember, always drink responsibly. Alcohol is best enjoyed with friends while reminiscing about cult TV, films, and video games. See you next time. Two geeks. <laughs> <laughs>talks a little bit about uh, some of the musical treats yep. that the He-Man universe uh, had in store for us, offered up. Uh, got another one here. So the Latin American Spanish language version of the show, we're on familiar, familiar territory here, yeah. it features an actual theme song complete with lyrics unique to this version uh, with vocals by Chilean singer Memo Aguirre, aka Captain Mimo, uh, based on the original musical score. Okay. Are you not going to do that? Ah. Levy and Saban again. Is it though? Oh.
Beautiful. Now, all very jaunty. Yeah. But, you know, oh, to an English-speaking yeah. audience, oh, no. what, does, what does it mean? So, I've, I've translated the lyrics into English. <laughs> so, did you, is it, are these official or did you just use Google for this? I use Google Translate. Oh, no. They're, 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 near, as, they're near as damn it. Okay. Um, so, we've got the... So we've got the uh, the instrumental He-Man theme, and I'm going to attempt to perform the English the English lyrics. Okay. Okay. Right. Strap yourselves in, everyone. Here we go. All right. Yeah. He-Man. He-Man. If warming up. Yeah. He-Man. I'm sorry. All right. The universe is already protected by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> With secret powers, a castle sparkles. He-Man will fight to the end. The end. He-Man. <laughs> He-Man. <laughs> uh, I almost went, I went oh, too early. Well, I almost went well too early. He-Man. Having at his side the magical sword and friends who won't fail. The evil forces, they want to liquidate it <laughs> and they will never rest. <laughs> that was a bit of a okay. jaunty instrumental break. Yeah. yeah. You're doing well so far. Thanks, man. Yeah. Oh. Hey, man. Oh, wait. Oh, I oh, messed no. up. Go back. Go back. Oh, you want me to skip back? Oh, it's all gone wrong. Right, right, don't miss your, don't shoot your shot. Right, go on. I, I missed my cue. Right, here it goes. Our castle gives us strength and Eternia will protect together. No chance. With great friends united fighting, Skeletor will defeat. Hey, man. That is it, that is it. Uh, okay. I'm done. Hey, man. Brilliant. Thanks, man. <laughs>